Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Hey, no name-calling here. Just differing opinions going head-to-head. With Counterpoint, here's Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. Let's bring in our brains to duke it out here. Bob Richardson, Senior Counsel over at National Public Relations, joins us. And Anthony Fury, who you can read in SunPost Media. Hello there, guys, gentlemen. Hello. Good evening. Good evening. Let's talk about the story I just spoke about. You know, I just wrote a, read a letter written by Mr. Stafford to, you know, father to father to the Prime Minister, asking him, please, you know, do the right thing. But Corrections Canada was asked about the decision to move Terry Lynn McClintock to this healing centre, which has no fencing, minimal security. And they say they're comfortable with that decision because they don't believe uh, anyone is at risk. They are reviewing it. But I think clearly by the reaction of the country, and I'll start with you on this, Bob, they got to move her. Well, look, first of all, I think uh, it's an outrageous decision. Uh, I think um, we should not have somebody like that in a healing center. And I think we ought to take a whole look at who is in healing centers. Mm -hmm. But let's be clear, this is not a political decision. This is a bureaucratic decision. So let's not get too carried away trying to say one thing about a a, a person politically or another person politically, because these sort of things happened under Stephen Harper's government, and they've happened under uh, Justin Trudeau's government. So what we need to do is sort of say, how does this happen? as opposed to trying to score cheap political points, which is what we've seen a lot of this week. Yeah, and, and I'll agree it's become a political fight. But the fight, you know, the, the thing I, I have a problem with, the Liberals should have known on Monday that this story was going to be a big, big You problem. know what, and, and I am not going to disagree. Yeah. There were two stories this yeah. week where the Liberals seemed to be a sweet, uh, sort of asleep at the switch. Yeah. This this was one of them. The Seamus O'Regan yeah. story was the other uh, the other one. And you just knew where they were going. You knew what they were going to end up doing, which they end up doing in both cases. And it drives me crazy Mm -hmm. that it takes 24, 72, 96 hours to get to the right decision on these sort of things. But by the way, this sort of stuff also happened under the previous government. It has more to do with the machinery of government than it has to do with sort of the ideology of anybody politically, I think. Yeah, and that's a problem, um, uh, Anthony. I, th- I think if it were Harper, he probably would have come out and said, this will be changed, this will be taken care of. But the thing is, I think the Liberals missed a really, really easy opportunity. You know, Trudeau could have stood up right away and said, this will be dealt with. And you know what? I don't care whose fault it is. We will be the ones to make sure that this doesn't happen again. And that would have been a really big moment for them. It just seems so easy. And I'm not sure why on Friday it's just still lingering here. Yeah, because he could have taken the steam out of any any yeah. political hay that Andrew Shear was making. Certainly, you turn around and you do what Ralph Goodale did uh, just recently. You do it right away and you say, we're ordering a review of this. And I appreciate that you can't deal with individual cases. But after you do a review, you can change policies such that you make sure a case like this 
doesn't happen again. And based on the way the system works, you can probably also make retroactive changes such that it, it changes so that she's no longer in that healing facility. And Bob's right. We need to look at these healing lodges in general and, and see what's going on there. I think if Canadians really had a proper national discussion about issues like the Gladue sentencing principles that suggest uh, people with First Nations lineage will be sentenced uh, perhaps in different ways, factored into how these healing lodges work, I think a lot of people would feel that they're not actually happy with the way that's all unfolding right now. and We need to have a serious conversation about it. Yeah, I mean, Bob, don't you think that it would be, uh, you know, this government could, in fact, open it up so that, A, they could they could mend relations with the Indigenous people by saying, we're going to put those elders back on that panel so that they can actually have a say in who should be coming in so it's not that system's not made a mockery of. But the other area is that they could add some transparency to the system or some kind of mechanism that the minister uh, who's in charge of, of safety would be notified when you get one of these very big cases that you know is going to be sensitive and, and you get the sober second thought, you know, kind of looking at it saying, yeah, we shouldn't be doing this you know what i couldn't agree more uh, and i think those sort of cases need to be brought to people's attention much much earlier the one that i found more troublesome in a weird way was the seamus o'regan one Big i time. thought that was clear cut and dry seamus actually happens to be a friend of mine and i think he's been actually quite a good performer uh, as a minister uh but sometimes you know, people get captured by their bureaucracies, and I think this was a good example. I would have cut this guy off in 15 seconds if I was a minister after hearing, uh, you know, after hearing uh, the evidence and the information. And if you don't like the answer, sue me. But, you know, I think what's happened sometimes is people get so encumbered with their legal counsels and their bureaucracy and everything like that, they fail to remember sort of like common sense. And I think both of these cases are good examples of that. Yeah, and just if our listeners aren't uh, quite sure about the second case, this is Christopher Garnier who killed a cop because his father was in the military, this guy actually gets veterans um, funding for his PTSD, which, by the way, was caused because he killed a cop. And so it has created outrage. But again, Anthony, two moments where this government kind of dragged its feet and created its own headache, because this is also a no-brainer. Yeah, the Garnier one, I think, is even more of an an abuse of the system than the Terry Lynn McClintock uh, story is, because maybe it gets by the letter of the law, as it now is, but it is a clear violation of the spirit of the law. Uh, Oddly enough, uh, the father of Garnier wrote a letter saying, well, I suffer from PTSD, and the fact that I'm learning that my son is suffering from PTSD makes my PTSD more difficult. Therefore, you need to uh, provide services for my son to alleviate my condition as a veteran. And I I think that's a really unfortunate argument, and I don't want to be disrespectful to the father who is a veteran, Mm -hmm. but I think that's, that's, that's total hogwash, and we need to put a system in place so that Uh, That isn't a proper justification. You had your uh, eyes glued to the TV last couple of days, as I did, because we are watching some pretty unprecedented times in Washington. Pretty ugly time, I would have to say, as these judicial confirmations kind of turn into a gong show of partisan attacks. Well, the vote, as we know, uh, late today went through, but with a big old catch. And the catch is that there'll be a short and week-long FBI investigation. So apparently, you know, if you rag the puck enough and you throw out the allegations, you can kind of stall this thing. But here's the president's reaction uh, after that uh, decision was made. I'm sure it will all be very good. Uh, I guess the vote was a positive vote, but there seems to be a delay. 
I'll learn more about it as the day goes on. Well, he, he was a little bit more mature than I expected of him, Mr. Uh, Fury. Nothing's going to come of this investigation. There are clearly major inconsistencies and inability to say what day it was when it happened. Kavanaugh himself, in his testimony, he said, I, I've never met this woman before. Maybe something like this happened to her. I just don't know. I've never met her. She can't say the exact day, the exact location. Alex, the next step in this conversation is what are the repercussions for all of this and what are the consequences? Will Diane Feinstein face any form of punishment for having done this? Will other people, were the two women who harassed Jeff Flake in an elevator going on about a, a sexual assault that they, they say they were victims of, and I, I feel for them and I see new reason to doubt them, but why they were allowed to harass an elected representative and not let him get to his office in the, in the halls of Congress is alarming to me. The people who are making death threats to the employees of the restaurant that Ted Cruz went to for dinner the other night, is there going to be legal course for them? This is destabilizing for what should be the most venerable institution in the United States. And I think this entire process has been absolutely shameful. I do, too, because I think, you know, I feel for her because I believe them both because I have no reason not to because I don't have any evidence, Bob. And the sure. thing is, I feel like she's being used as a political pawn. And if, you know, they, this should have been investigated months ago when the, investig- the the information came right in. If we were really to protect her and, and do this properly, I just, why did they wait other than for political reasons? Well, number one, I think the arguments that Anthony put forward were pathetic, weak, <laughs> and embarrassing. So let's let's begin with that point right there. I'm not embarrassed. This is one of this is well, you may not be, but you should be. This is one of the worst candidates brought forward to be a Supreme Court justice in the United States. And by the way, don't take my word for it. Watch him yesterday on TV. That was a pathetic, embarrassing performance by somebody who does not have the temperament to be a justice of the United States. Uh, I'm not so sure know, I'd be friendlier, you know though. I, I mean, just thought it was a joke. And by the way, and both sides should be ashamed of themselves. The way that the Republicans have conducted themselves, which has been in a non-democratic fashion, all you had to do was watch the first 50 minutes of the hearing today, which you, again, should be ashamed of, Anthony, just talking about that. And secondly, quite frankly, the Democrats have not been great either. What, what, what was striking about the whole thing was this whole crew needs to be replaced. Diane Feinstein, Patrick Leahy, mm-hmm. um, the, the chairman of the committee, Orrin Hatch, they're all 800 years old. They're all fighting old fights, and they are a pathetic crew of people who are not putting the United States uh, forward. It's all about fighting this fight or that fight or or this thing or that thing and the whole thing was embarrassing and, but this man is not uh, qualified quite frankly based on his performance yesterday to be a supreme court justice in the united states of america and i let people take a look at the video to decide for themselves yeah i mean well, I'm not, alex, I'm... we wouldn't alex we would not have seen that performance that he gave yesterday if he had not been subjected and as he pointed out to media just randomly reporting this third accuser who crops up out of nowhere who is a discredible woman that there are stories in newspapers and mainstream media about him gang raping people which is just a random 
uh, there's no reason to believe there's any integrity to that whatsoever, and yet people are throwing that out there. And for me to uh, be a, be told that I should be embarrassed and ashamed for standing up for the fact that we need some basic decency to return to some of these institutions, I'm sorry, I'm not at all. You know what? We do uh, need be basic by decency, that. and basic decency means following the right rules, and basic decency means not appointing crazy charged political candidates to these positions, which this lunatic president has done, that has, got us, into this, that, that has got us into this position. You know, um, there, there was a time when the United States Senate, many of the same people who were there would vote 80 or 90, uh, 90 members in favor of somebody because they deserve to be there. Um, and this man does not represent that. This is a disgrace. And it should not be allowed to go forward. Well, and, and it's it's fair enough that 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 you wouldn't like a candidate. That that's fine. But the problem, the, the big problem for me is due process no longer exists, and this concerns me because we are now uh, weapon no, on I, both I, I sides. On both sides. on both sides. But but now we can take people out that we don't like, and this is where I'm very concerned because we are weaponizing allegations now, where you can just throw anything at anybody, like we saw with Patrick Brown, with no due process, I and agree. it just hijacks it, and it's wrong. And Alex, that is the message that has been sent this past week, that anytime anybody comes forward with some uh, story, they're going to be given the red carpet treatment and believed 100% and have people fighting for them. I think if you have been assaulted, if you've faced a sexual assault, any sort of crime, you call the police, you get access to justice, you do what you need to do. All of these instances that have come forward, there's a whole lot of fishy stuff going to them and that there has not been the skepticism that should be warranted in these cases in something as serious as this, the utmost seriousness of it. Bob may be completely right. Frankly, I don't have much of an opinion on whether Brett Kavanaugh is or isn't a Supreme Court nominee, but I know right now what we're talking about is the circus that has unfolded and the circus. But, but when you weaponize the system and when you basically say this guy is getting approved, regardless of what is said, when you weaponize that whole system, when you have an archaic guy from Kentucky basically telling you everything that is going to go on and it, it doesn't matter what what the evidence is that goes forward you reap what you sow and what we saw in the last 72 hours they reaped what they sowed yeah uh, well quickly before I let you go because I've only got about I'll give you 20 seconds each uh, will he get approved Alex, I'm, I'm yet, yes I think he's going to get approved more importantly one thing we need to see in the Me Too era for the integrity of it, is mm -hmm. there needs to be a false accuser who goes to court and faces punishments for a false accusation to make sure that all future accusations are much more likely to be legitimate ones. I think he will be uh, approved just based on the corruption of the U.S. system today. And I think it will actually be good news because I think there will be Operation Cleanup mm -hmm. during the November midterm elections. We will see, gentlemen. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. That is Bob Richardson and Anthony Fury facing off tit and feisty tonight here on Point on Counterpoint. You're listening to On Point with Alex Pearson on Global News Radio.